All right, everybody. So we are back today with the Docs Sportscast. Um, coming back today, talking about the NBA playoffs. We're going to give some updates there. Aurora is very excited. Again, she continues to get super excited during these games and pee on the floor of the house. So we got to get that fixed um, as we go through the process of continuing the playoffs. But we are working to curtail her excitement, uh, but we do want to continue sharing it here on the podcast. Um, with that being said, we're really excited to get into today's topics. You know, we are going to update about the NBA playoffs, but we're going to talk about um, some great community feel-good news. Like, there, there's an awesome story out there right now, and uh, many of you probably have heard of it, but some of you may have not. So just wanted to share it, and, uh, you know, we can kind of go from there. We'll also say goodbye to the Memphis Grizzlies, who lost, um, and we didn't say goodbye on the previous episode. Uh, wasn't that we forgot about them. We were just kind of running on time, so wanted to save that for now. And then we will say goodbye to the Dallas Mavericks as well, who was eliminated by the Clippers. So with that being said, let's jump into the NBA playoffs update. Guys, these playoffs will be epic for sure. Um, it, it's it's really going to be a great you know, NBA playoffs. It's going to be a great NBA finals. Um, I think it's setting up for one of the best that we've seen in a long time. Uh, because if you look at it, there's so many franchises that haven't had that great success recently. You know, um, the Phoenix Suns and the Sixers, the Bucks, the Nets, um, you know, the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, you name it, every single team, you know, the Nuggets, every team that's in there, um, are teams that have not had like the recent success. They, they haven't won a title, that's for sure. So, you know, that that's the thing of it is I think this is going to be a great finals. I think there's definitely going to be teams in there that everybody's going to root for. Um, so, yeah, it should be a really, really good one. And I think when we get to the finals, hopefully we have the two teams in there that we're looking to see. And it's a great one as it goes down. But who knows? Um, Brooklyn is the only team, you know, with a superstar that has a winner. Um, yeah, that's won the uh, championship. And, you know, that's uh, Kevin Durant, who won it with the Golden State Warriors. So, other than that, a new star will get a title. Uh, so, we're rooting kind of against Brooklyn because we do want to see, like, new stars get titles. And, and, yeah, I get it. James Harden would be new. Kyrie Irving would be new. But at the same time, Kevin Durant's already got one. So, you know, I, I, I like sharing the wealth. I like seeing other guys uh, win titles and get rewarded for you know, being the superstar they are, you know, I hate seeing what happened with people like Charles Barkley and things like that in their career, never getting a title. So uh, let's hope that a new star and a new team organization gets a title. That would be great moving forward. Um, same thing with the Clippers and Kawhi. But anyway, the Mavericks were eliminated, but the Clippers lost to the Jazz in game one. Okay, guys, so Kawhi, here's the thing I'll say about Kawhi. And I've kind of always seen this with Kawhi is he really plays to the level of his competition. When his back is against the wall, that's the best time for him to play. But you know what? I I really respected Kawhi a lot until I saw how he whined and cried his way out of San Antonio. And he has continued to show me exactly all the problems with him since he left. Um, he went to Toronto. He carried the team on his shoulders a bit, but he still has some good talent around him. The, the other talent around him stepped up, and they played well enough to win a title. But 
here's the big thing that I have against Kawhi. He plays to the level of his competition, and that's not necessarily in a good way because there is something to say for someone who elevates their level when they're playing up against premium competition, okay? That is definitely a good thing that you want your superstars to be able to do. However, the challenge I have is that Kawhi doesn't have the drive. He doesn't have the killer instinct every game. You know, he, he definitely has more of the LeBron James mentality as opposed to a Michael Jordan mentality. You know, what did LeBron James do most of this year? Rested most of the season. And then he said, oh, I'll turn it on and, and we'll win a bunch of games. Well, guess what? That didn't happen. So I think Kawhi is going to get in the same situation. He's going to get in trouble as well. I think he thought the Mavericks was a team that they were going to roll over. He took his time. He came out lackadaisical in the series. Didn't really put a ton of effort forward. And then when it got crunch time, it's like, all right, cool. Let me get ready and let's take this and win the series. So, um, you know, he has to take it serious and he has to think of it that way. But he doesn't. You know, he doesn't have that Allen Iverson mentality um, of, you know, hey, every game I'm going out there, I'm giving it my all. You know, and, and we've we've talked about Russell Westbrook tiring himself out during the season and how he's going to wear down and his style of play going all out all the time, just can't sustain in the playoffs. So, you know, we're, we're trying not to talk like, like out both ends of our mouths here because there is something to say for someone who, who you know, chooses to rest and chooses not to go all out and, and not will the, their team to some wins. And I think the Clippers... With Kawhi, the biggest problem I have is not the fact that he does take some time off. He does rest at times. He doesn't go all out all the time. It's not that I have a problem with that. It's the way he does it because he takes complete games off, okay? He takes full games where he's just not He's not there. He's not integrated into the game. So um, I'd like to see him get more of that, hey, every game I'm going out there, I'm taking on your best guy, and we're going to put our best effort forward and, and just crush you. Um, and if he did that, I think that the Clippers would be a much more competitive team. Um, but you definitely do see times that he just you know kind of mails it in from the beginning of the game, and that's the biggest problem I have. I think the Jazz in this series um, is a deeper team. I think overall they will win the series because I think, again, Kawhi will get himself in a situation where they're going to be down. He's going to have to fight back. And you know what? If those role players don't step up and help him, he's not going to. The Jazz is a very deep team, and I think they will end up winning this series. They already won game one. Yes, they had home court advantage, so let's see what happens when it does go back to L.A. I think the Jazz will win game two as well. Um so, yeah, it should be an entertaining series uh, either way. I think it's going to be a really good series. Go at least six games, um, maybe seven. And, yeah, we're thinking the Jazz. Moving on to the next topic is uh, Jokic. Jokic won MVP. Um, we're very excited about that. Congratulations to him. as uh, well-deserved because he played every game this season. Literally, he outplayed every single person who was in contention for the MVP candidate. And I'm what I mean by that is he played more games. He played more time on the court than any of them. He played all the games this season for his team. And you can't say that about all these other guys. You know, people were saying LeBron and things like that. And it's like, you know what, guys? It doesn't matter. If you don't play half the season, if you don't play 15 of your games, that really needs to take effect. And I think that needs to be something moving forward 
Um, they really need to look at how many games you played. And there needs to be a level of you can't compete for an NBA title or an NBA MVP unless you play at least, you know, 90% of the season or something like that. I think that needs to be a stipulation um, because the way that guys are resting and stuff like that, you know... I, it's just not fair. It's not fair to the guys that go out there and do it all day, every day. So um, I think it's well-deserved by him. Uh, I hope the NBA can continue looking at that type of situation where, hey, this guy played all the games. He's he's going to get MVP over this one. And that way, maybe, maybe players will play a little bit more. I doubt it because they're just getting lazy and taking their money and sitting and resting. But, um, yeah, very well-deserved. Congratulations to him. Um, the Nuggets, his team, lost to the Suns in Game 1, and I believe the series will keep kind of going this way. Um, the Nuggets do not have the depth that the Phoenix Suns have, okay? Devin Booker from University of Kentucky, go Wildcats, um, is lights out right now. I mean, he's playing phenomenal basketball. Um, you know, I can't remember who I was listening to the other day. Someone called him like a mini Kobe, um, and he's playing that way right now. I don't know if he can sustain you know, that level, but he definitely doesn't have certain things Kobe did, but he does have like pure shooting stroke, um, you know, pure like feel of the court spacing, understanding spacing, how to get your shot off. Like he definitely understands that to the same level, like a Kobe Bryant. So, you know, with work and time, he could be just as lethal. And I think he's really emerging as a superstar in the league long as he can keep it up. You know, you don't want him to come out there and, you know, next year when he's on the court, all of a sudden he kind of fizzles out, which we see so often for guys now. Um, but I think the series will continue going that way. Again, the Nuggets do not have the depth. I think if Jamal Murray was there, this would be a much more entertaining series. I do think it's still going to go six games. I don't think it's going to be a gentleman's sweep with five or anything like that. I think it's going to go six games. Um, but I do see the Suns winning it in six. I mean, at some point, Jokic has got to tire out. He's carrying the whole team, the whole load on his shoulders. And going up against a DeAndre Ayton, it's definitely going to tire him out. DeAndre Ayton is a big physical force inside. So that's a team and a series to watch. I think it's going to be a very exciting series. Um, but I do think the Suns are going to edge it out. And I don't think that Chris Paul is going up against any premium guards right now. So he has some time to kind of take it a little bit easier, let Devin Booker do his thing, let DeAndre Ayton play defense, and you know he can rest that shoulder a little bit. For the next series um, so uh, hopefully that can happen and we can get him back to closer to full strength next up is talking about the bucks brooklyn Nets series so the bucks have dropped the first two games to brooklyn brooklyn did have home court advantage and guys here's the thing there's so many people back in the day and it's not talked about all that much anymore but um it was talked about you know before of how you know, hey, this is, um, you know, like a series doesn't start until uh, until someone, um, you know, until someone loses at home or you know someone takes a road win or something like that. And I and I think that this is similar to the, for this series. People kind of lose sight of that nowadays, especially because the bubble last year, because there wasn't really a home court advantage really either way, but. You know, Giannis had an interview afterward um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. He said he wasn't worried. He wasn't going to change his style of play. He wasn't going to change his focus. And, you know, because of that, you know, I'm, I'm very happy about that. I think that's great. 
for him, and I think that uh, he doesn't need to change anything. So I think Giannis will be in a very good situation um, to, you know, keep going um, and end up winning their games at home um, because the series hasn't been played in Milwaukee yet. Chris Middleton probably starts shooting a little bit better in Milwaukee. Uh, Drew Holiday will get it going in Milwaukee. So let's see. I hope that they get back and, and maybe tie this series up over the next couple games and, and get it back to being competition. Um, I really don't want Brooklyn to just steamroll through this. I like seeing good competitive series. So let's hope that that happens. Okay, and then the uh, Sixers. Okay, so the Sixers tied up the series last night. Um, I said it on my last podcast, guys. The 76ers don't adjust well, okay? And what I meant by that is their game plan and their strategy, okay? They have some fairly young players out there. And these guys do not adjust well when you have to change a game plan, okay? Hence why if there's injury issues and things like that you know with Joel Embiid or whatever they're gonna struggle not because they don't have talent after him but because they don't adjust well so you look at the series against Washington they came out played really well it looked like it was gonna be a sweep then Joel Embiid gets hurt at the beginning of game four early on and then all of a sudden they fall apart Washington wins that game well, that's why, guys. They couldn't adjust mid-game. They couldn't make those alterations to win. Um, and that's just how they are. Okay? So then, Joel Embiid comes back for the first game of the Atlanta Hawks series. Now they have to adjust again. Okay? Because they, they adjusted. They beat Washington in Game 5 without Joel Embiid. Then they bring him back and they have to adjust their game plan again. And that's the thing. They just do not adjust well. They have to have a set, fixed game plan, strategy, style of offense that works, and stick with it. Um, and the big key for them has always been shooting. You look at the last time that they were, you know, very competitive and, you know, thinking, oh, they might have a chance to come out of the East, was back when they had J.J. Redick on the team. They need shooting presence. And what do they have this year? They have Danny Green. They have Seth Curry. Those two guys can shoot the lights out. Um, they really can. Uh, Danny Green, very underrated, great defender as well. Um, and Seth Curry, when he gets hot, man, I mean, he's going to he's gonna drain three after three. So that's the thing. They just need some three-pointers made to spread the defense enough to you know get Ben Simmons those opportunities to penetrate in the paint, to get Tobias Harris. Uh, some opportunities to ISO and, and make some buckets off there with his size advantage at the at the uh, position he plays. And then Joel Embiid to be able to play one-on-one -on -one, um, in the paint as well. So if you can spread that offense, they've got the talent there. That's all they really needed. This year they have it back. Um, as long as they can keep everybody healthy and keep the same kind of strategy and game plan going forward as far as how they're going to flow offensively, I think they'll be fine. Okay, um, They should right the ship moving forward. Um, and take this series overall. You know, um, they did they did drop the first game, but again, I think it was because they had to adjust their offensive flow because Joel Embiid come back, and so once they make that adjustment, 
um, like they did in game two. I think they'll be set for the rest of the series. They should be good. Um, Atlanta doesn't really have the pieces to uh, plug something in that the Sixers haven't seen, that the Sixers have to make a big adjustment to. So that being said, I don't think they're going to have to make a big adjustment, which is going to keep their offense pumping, going on all cylinders, kind of like it was um, the other night against Atlanta. And Joel Embiid has looked amazing. He came back the first game back from injury. He played pretty well. He looked healthy. And then last night, he went out and dropped 40. Okay, If Joel Embiid can go out and put up 40 points in the paint, I mean, they're, they're going to have a shot to win the championship, guys. We're not even talking about just coming out of the, wet, the East. We're not even talking about just beating the Hawks. We're talking about winning the championship. So if he can go out and put up 40 points a night for the rest of the series, the rest of the playoffs, they got a great chance of winning the title. I don't see him doing that. So Tobias Harris will have to step up. Um, you know, Ben Simmons will have to figure out how he cannot hinder them on offense a bit. I mean, yes, he's a great passer. He's a great slasher getting in the paint, using a size in there with some floaters and things like that. But he has got to develop a jump shot at some point. I mean, guys, you know, even if it's something like Tayshawn Prince, back when Tayshawn Prince was playing for the Detroit Pistons, you know, he wasn't a sharpshooter by any means. But you leave the guy open, he's going to knock something down. Um, so I think, you know, we have a great opportunity there um, for them to continue winning and maybe having a lot of success, maybe even a title run. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. Currently. We will talk about, just real quick here, about what we favor, okay, going forward. And this will shift, you know, we'll change it up as things go. Um, right now, you have, you know, the Clippers playing the Jazz. We think the Jazz are going to win that, okay? Also in the East, I think the Suns are going to beat the Nuggets. So you got the Suns versus the Jazz coming from the West, all right? I think the Suns would beat out the Jazz, Um Mainly because I think, you know, I, I don't think that the Jazz, I think both teams are very deep. They both have some great role players out there, but I think the Suns have a better overall team chemistry at this point. Donovan Mitchell's coming back. They're still figuring out their offense a little bit. You can see some of those times with them right now. And I think that, um, you know, Chris Paul's only going to get healthier as things go. So I would favor the Suns. And maybe that's me liking the underdog and Aurora liking the underdog because it has dog in the name. But um, we think that that'll end up being what happens there in the West. Now, in the East, you've got the Bucks, you got Brooklyn. I think Brooklyn's going to end up taking that series. Yes, I think Giannis will come back and, and they'll make it an interesting series. Might go six games, maybe even seven if you know, Chris Middleton starts stepping his game up to maybe like an all-star level. But other than that, they're going to lose this series, maybe six games. Um, hopefully it's not a gentleman's sweep. We In five, we want to see something a little bit longer, so hopefully it goes six. So we got Brooklyn moving on, and then the Sixers, I think they're going to turn it around and go, um, go forward as well. Now here's the big matchup in the East. You got Brooklyn against the Sixers. The, the Sixers have the size and the athletic ability to go up against the big three. Okay, They really do. Danny Green could do a pretty good job on Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving has pretty much bait himself like a jump shooter uh, in these playoffs anyway. So, you know, Danny Green, I think, could play him. Seth Curry could switch off on him. They have some guys off the bench who I think could check him for a little bit as well. Um, you know, and then you've got Tobias Harris, who, uh, again, we'll see what James Harden's health looks like. But Tobias Harris 
could play James Harden pretty well, uh, knowing that Joel Embiid is inside to be a defensive presence inside. Um, and I don't think that you know there's any other players that really make a huge difference for Brooklyn. Um, and Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons matchup would be wonderful. Now, I don't know if they'll match them up together, but that would be great to watch. Um, so I do think it's the best matchup. I think they have the best threat to Brooklyn in the East, and I do think the Sixers will win that series because no one, Brooklyn has no one who would be able to stop Joel Embiid. Um, and I think that he would really dominate that series um, from the offensive standpoint and just wear them out inside. So I think the Sixers would end up winning. So I've got Sixers, Suns, in the finals and i think the suns edge it out i think ayton would be able to hold off joel and beat enough um and then i think you know chris paul's veteran savvy the role players the depth that you've got coming from the suns in the west i just think the suns would be able to um you know have a better consistent overall team so right now our suns or right now our favorite aurora and i's favorite is for the suns to win uh, the NBA Finals, so the NBA Championship. Uh, but we'll see. Maybe that will change. Now, guys, we're talking about a really great story. Really great story here. Um, Greg Olson, who may may end up being maybe a Hall of Fame candidate. Um, you know, he's definitely going to be um, legendary type player for the Carolina Panthers. He played there for many years. He's a great tight end in the league, uh, spent some of his later years with Seahawks uh, and other teams uh, outside of Carolina Panthers. But those of you who don't know, um, his eight-year-old son, TJ Olsen, um, was in need of a heart transplant. Okay. Um, so the story here is uh, TJ, his son, was born in 2012 with a um, congenital heart defect. Um, it required four surgeries, um, including three open-heart procedures um, and installation of a pacemaker. Okay. Um, on May 24th of this year, um, it was uh, Greg Olson was on social media, his dad, and uh, had a series of posts uh, about how his heart was reaching its end and... Um, you know, they, they needed a transplant. They needed to find a donor. And they were, you know, praying to to find a donor. Um, just a few days later, um, they began the search. And um, they actually did find a donor. So, uh, had a successful surgery. Everything went really, really well. Um, and, yeah, he's on the road to recovery. Um, little TJ has you know, thanked people on Greg's social media and things like that for all the support. And it's just been, it's a really, really great story, guys. So if you get a chance to read up on it a bit, um, and to give you some context early in this, and the main reason we want to talk about this is because Greg Olson, shortly after TJ was born, um, he, him and his wife started the Hardest Yard Initiative, Okay. And this is a fundraising initiative um, to raise money for less fortunate families that are in similar situations to them. You know, children born with heart defects and things like that. And this initiative is a great cause that he has raised tons of money for through creating it. Um, they have donated millions 
millions to that initiative and um, they've donated millions to a 25,000 square foot facility for a children's hospital in North Carolina area. Um, I mean, guys, this is this is huge. And this is the this is the should be the impact of sports. This should be the focus of sports. You have these guys making millions of dollars. And most of the time when a Patrick Mahomes or somebody like that signs a big deal, it's like, oh, well, their grandkids are never going to have to worry about money. And their grandkids' grandkids are never going to have to worry about money. Why is that the focus, guys? Why is the focus on just taking care of them and their family? Because they've got the money to do more. They've got the money to take care of more, to help with more, okay? And, you know, I can sit here all day and say, oh, if I had that much money, I'd donate all of it. I'd donate this to charity, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can sit there and say that all day. No one's going to listen to me or believe me because I don't have the money. So if I ever win the lottery, guys, I, hey, I'll show you. I'll show you what I'll donate, and you guys can see it. But um, this is huge when you have players that do the right thing like this. You know, he is an amazing community figure, and he's done so much in his pro career, uh, similar to, you know, J.J. Watt and what he did for Houston and, the, and that community when he was there uh, through the hurricanes, things like that that they experienced. I mean, these types of guys are what you want pro players to be. I'm tired of the guys that come out and they're whining and crying about how much they need to get paid, how they need to get a contract extension, how they need this, how they need that. And you know what? What have you done for the community? What have you done for the organization around you? What have you done to show them that that organization and that city needs to hold on to you? You know, like what have you done? And, and that's the thing that we really need to look at when we think about these players and stuff like that. But, but this is huge, guys, and this is what we should be looking at. If you're a professional athlete and you're making millions of dollars, man, you can give up a million or two. You can sacrifice that, and it's not going to hurt your family. It's not going to hurt your well-being. It's not going to hurt your lifestyle. You can live a great life and still impact so many other lives. And I just give a lot of credit to Greg Olson. Uh, thoughts and prayers to him and his family. Um, thoughts and prayers to little TJ. And um, can't wait to see what he does with the new opportunities he's been given through this uh, operation. Uh, so really great story there. Um, we, and Aurora and I really wanted to talk about it. Um, and Aurora said she would donate any doggy treats that, that little TJ wanted. She would donate those to him. Although I don't think he'll take her up on that offer. Um, but that's huge for her. She doesn't give up her treats very often. Anyway, we'll wrap this up with some goodbyes, guys. Um, goodbye, Memphis Grizzlies. Goodbye, Jonas Valachunas, who is arguably one of the most underrated centers in the NBA. Goodbye to Kyle Anderson's Matrix play style. Kyle Anderson plays like a tortoise on the court and we will all miss seeing slow motion movements from one player while everyone else is moving at a faster pace goodbye to the biggest winners of the play-in tournament this year the Memphis Grizzlies guys the Memphis Grizzlies pushed their opponent in a series they shouldn't even have been in. If it wasn't for the play-in tournament, the Memphis Grizzlies would not 
have been a part of this year's NBA playoffs. And they put on a great show. They showed they deserve to be there. And this is exactly the reason that the play-in tournament needs to continue in the NBA. Very excited about it. And very excited to see what the Memphis Grizzlies do in the future years. They have a great young core um, with a, you know, a veteran in Valachunas in the center position. And I think they could make some really great noise if they keep everything together. Maybe add one piece or two here or there. But really excited to see what happens. But goodbye from this year's playoffs. And goodbye to the Dallas Mavericks. Goodbye to our favorite shark on Shark Tank, Mike Cuban. Mark, Mark Cuban. You will be missed because you make great investments on Shark Tank all the time, but made a horrible one in Christoph Porzingis. And we will say goodbye to Christoph Porzingis. Goodbye to a useless seven-footer in the league. A seven-foot-tall supposed unicorn player when he came in the league. He can shoot. He's seven-foot. He can beat and bang. But he ends up just like everyone else. Just like an Anthony Davis who now, just like Porzingis, doesn't want to play in the paint. You went up against a team that had no one within five inches of your height. And you sat outside and wanted to take threes. So goodbye to the weak, scared Christoph Porzingis. Because he was too scared to go in the paint and beat and bang with the big guys when he had a clear height advantage. And goodbye to people calling him a unicorn. Because he's just like every other seven-footer that comes in the league with a high draft pick now. They go from the paint to the three-point line as soon as draft day happens. And there goes your career. You've lost the advantage of your God-given ability of height. It's the reason why you're in the league and you just try to throw it away after you get a big paycheck. I don't know, guys. But goodbye, Dallas Mavericks. And goodbye to their MVP candidate. Um, you know, Luka Doncic. Goodbye to him. Amazing playoff series. Um, you know, he put up so many points. He tried everything he could. He did everything that he could at the time that we got with him in this year's playoffs. And there was so much yet for him to accomplish. But maybe he'll get to come do it back next year, guys. So um, very excited to see what the Dallas Mavericks can do next year. Very excited to see what the Memphis Grizzlies can do next year. Hopefully Dallas can make some moves, maybe ship Christoph Porzingis somewhere to a team that thinks they can win right now and get some key players who actually will give them some paint presence um, from a scoring standpoint. Right, and Memphis Grizzlies very excited. Great young core uh, could definitely make some noise moving forward. That will be a good team to watch, um, and we will definitely be rooting for them because they will continue to be the underdogs even going into next year. And as we've said, Aurora loves the name with a dog in it, so we like the underdogs here. Um, so yeah. That being said, we will wrap up today's episode again, recapping some of it. Our favorite to win right now, the NBA championship would be the Phoenix Suns. 
Um, if you guys haven't gotten a chance, please look up the story of little TJ Olsen, Greg Olsen's son, um, who arguably Hall of Fame tight end um, for the Carolina Panthers for so many years with his heart transplant, what's going on with him. Take a look at that story. Look at everything that Greg Olson's done. Amazing person. We need to praise him for everything that he has done out there for the community, for so many people, um, and we hope more athletes continue to do that. And goodbye to the Grizzlies and Mavericks um, from the NBA playoffs. So, yeah, with that being said, uh, what would you guys think? What would you think of the episode? Uh, leave us some comments. Um, you know, let us know what we can do to, uh, you know, make the page or make the the podcast more entertaining. If you did like the content, you think anybody else would enjoy the content, please send over to them. Um, if you have any Brooklyn fans, because I know we were talking about how we wanted them to lose, send it over to them so they can get frustrated at it. Um, but, yeah, um, let us know what you guys thought. Our Facebook emails below. Reach out to us. Give us some comments. Like, share, subscribe. Anything we can do to get Aurora's voice out there a bit more for people would be great. So, yeah, with that being said, um, we'll see you guys um, probably on Monday, uh, but might have something on Friday depending on the news, things like that, what's going on. But, yeah, if you don't hear from us on Friday, we'll talk to you on Monday. All right? Thank you. Have a great one.